Chapter 25. Boy, could we tell God how great He is. Can we tell Him enough times? It's just to infinity and beyond. As Buzz Lightyear says, how great God is. Grace and peace. peace. Amen. That was pretty good. Some of you are guests from out of town and you're not used to saying that, but if you believe those two things, that you only get peace through grace and that you need grace this week because you want peace, then uh, say that with all your heart on the count of three. One, two, three. Grace and peace. Amen. Amen. A couple of... All right, here we go. We're going to Matthew 25. Before we do, a couple of things real quick. Um, this Wednesday, we have our uh, uh, meeting here at Gateway, actually. A lot of times we, we meet out in uh, the mountains and out in the community during the summer. But this particular Wednesday, we're going to meet here and have a meal. And we're going to have some singing. And Kenny is going to help us with those songs. Kenny loves to sing, if you guys didn't know that. And he's picked out a bunch of great songs. And Kenny always picks out songs that, for me remind me of when I was a teenager and remind me of when my faith was just first forming and I just I love a lot of the songs he's picked so we're gonna have a singing night and we'll celebrate birthdays I hope you can join us at 530 and then we're gonna we didn't we don't have Mountain Family Fellowship this year but we're gonna plan a family camp out and if you want to go camp out with us we're gonna do that on August 2nd and 3rd and there's we've reserved some places at an RV park and I have a sign-up sheet on the front row down here And there's not very many spaces, so if you want to go, be sure and catch me today and get signed up. We'd love for you to camp out with us for a couple of days uh, just to spend some time together. We don't have any other agenda except spending time together and sitting around a campfire. And so I hope you you can join us. We've been doing a series this year in Matthew chapter 25. And we've been spreading it out. I chose for us to spread it out over the year instead of doing it all in six straight weeks. Because I I have this concern as I thought and prayed about this last October. I actually been praying about it for a couple of years doing this. And I thought that's just going to be a series that all we do is we talk about what Jesus said for six weeks and we say, yep, we agree. And, and that's, not, that's not the point of Matthew 25. Jesus isn't looking for us to say, yep, we agree. He's looking for us to do something. And so I've tried to slow this series down, spread it out over the whole year, so that we will have time to do something as a response to God's Word in Matthew chapter 25. These lessons, this week is the fifth lesson of six. And these lessons have been very good, a good opportunity for us to think about two incredibly important truths, equally important in my opinion. And the first one is this truth right here. It's a theological truth. It's something we believe. And yes, Oh, thanks. No, I appreciate it. It's because I didn't plug it in. (laughs) I thought you meant that my microphone wasn't on, and I thought, man, I am a loud guy. I'll tell you what, that is amazing. 
Okay, there we go. Yeah, thank you very much, Twilight. So, a theological truth. A theological truth. That we are not saved by our works. I would like, if you believe that to be the truth, I would like for you to read that sentence out loud with me as a statement of your faith in Christ and what He did at the cross. Are you ready? One, two, three. We are not saved by our works. Amen. Jesus is not telling us in Matthew 25 that people who feed or clothe or care for others will be saved. He is not telling us that in Matthew chapter 25. And it's proven by a very critical word in the text we're going to read in a few minutes. And the word is inheritance. In the Greek, it's kleronom eo. Who cares? Okay? But I just looked up the word and so I had to tell you. It's kleronom eo. And it means inheritance. And it also means a gift of inheritance. In other words, you don't earn your inheritance. You don't work for your inheritance. Now, maybe for you know your evil aunt Judy or something, perhaps. But I'm saying in general, the word inheritance means that you are born into this. It's like the word that's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6 when, the, when, when God says to the people, the people of Israel, He says, when the Lord your God brings you into the land, He swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you kleronomeo, however you say it, okay? He's giving you this gift of inheritance when you come into that land. And then he describes the land. It's a land with large flourishing cities. You didn't build them. Who did the work? Someone else did the work, not you. It's it's also filled with houses, with all kinds of good things. You didn't provide. Who provided? God provided, not you. You didn't do it. It also has wells. You didn't dig. It has vineyards and olive olive, uh, groves that you didn't plant. And when you eat and when you're satisfied, when you enjoy all this inheritance, all this gift, all this blessing from God, He says, be careful. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And that's why we're here today, folks. We're not here to work our way to heaven. We're here to remember the one who paid our way to heaven. We're here so we don't forget that we've been delivered from sin. We've been delivered from from death. You're born into your inheritance. And it leads me to a question. I'm just going to ask it at the very beginning for you to think about while I'm preaching. Because I know a lot of you are thinking about other things while I'm preaching. So I'm going to give you something to think about. All right? Here it is. This is what I want you to think about today. Have you been born again? Can you say the same story that Troy shared with us this morning? Are you spiritually alive? And if so, then you're going to receive an inheritance. 
And it's not because of anything you do. It's because of what Jesus has done. Amen? And what He's already done. What He's done on behalf of on your behalf at the cross. The death, burial, and resurrection was the finished work of salvation on your behalf. And I'm not ashamed of that Gospel. And I boldly proclaim it out loud to all of you today. And I pray, if you've never asked Him to save you, that you will do that this morning. Even while I'm preaching, that He will draw your heart to Himself. That's the first thing that's been important about Matthew 25 is this theological truth. We are not saved by our works, but there's also another truth, and that is the practical truth. And that is this. It matters to Jesus what you do. It matters to Him. Not just what you think. Not just what you intended or you promised or you made a list. We've talked this year about keeping We've talked about things we can do. We've talked about keeping people warm, specifically with clothes and hats. And so Linda and some others have been knitting these hats that we're sending to some to El Paso. It's pretty hot in El Paso. I doubt they need them. Actually, down to Juarez. But you know what? It gets cold in the wintertime. We're going to send some of them to Boulder, Colorado. It's probably cold up there right now. We're going to, uh, some of these are going to be sent to the hospital. And she had a goal of knitting 50 of these with the people she's working with. And they've already knitted 60. So it's great that they've already done that just this year. Yeah. It matters to Jesus what Linda is doing. And you can join her, by the way, in that. If you want to learn to knit, uh, you, can, you can join her in making those hats. We've talked also about providing water. When you were thirsty, Jesus says, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And so we've dug a well in Kenya. And they're getting the, the pump put on. And, and uh, so we've been doing that. We've talked about caring about those who are alone, especially unborn babies. And we had Elizabeth come from Lifeway and told us some things we could do to come alongside the Lifeway ministry. We've talked about caring for those who are sick, especially those who are depressed or suicidal. And so we had Sergio here, and he offered the QPR training that we had a few weeks ago, and several of you, uh, 10 or 20 of you came for this QPR training so that we might be able to help people that are depressed that might be suicidal. Many of you have been motivated to do something. And I know Jesus is pleased about that. And today we're going to talk about what can we do when people are hungry? What can we do when someone is hungry? So let's pray. We always pray for another congregation. We'll pray for the Canaan Trail Baptist Church who have a brand new pastor at their church. I haven't met him yet, but his name is Sean. So we'll pray for them today. And then also, we always pray for a particular subject, a particular slice of our Christian life. And today, we're going to pray a prayer of thanksgiving for the assurance we have of salvation. So let's pray. Lord, thank You for this gathering today. I'm grateful for the believers that are here today who are worshiping You. 
with all their heart. I'm thankful, God, for those that are here today who are still trying to decide if they're believers, still trying to decide if they are ready to be born again. So, so Lord, I, I ask in the name of Jesus that You would work powerfully among us today. You would strengthen our hearts. You would draw our hearts to You that we might grow closer to Christ and we might walk out of this place encouraging others to grow closer to Christ. Lord, we thank You for uh, the partnership and the unity we have with other believers in this village. And I pray specifically for the Canaan Trail Baptist Church today. And I ask that You would bless this new pastor, Sean Davis, and his family. I pray that we might know each other, Lord, that we might trust each other, that we might walk side by side, shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm for the truth of the simple gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus came to this earth, lived a beautiful, perfect life, that He died on the cross, that He was buried, and that He raised from the dead. We believe, God, what the Bible says. That is the power to salvation. We don't believe we have to trick people or convince or beg people. We just believe that story is the power to salvation. Help us to proclaim it boldly, and I pray that Sean would proclaim it boldly today and that you would work. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, that you have given us assurance of our salvation. May it be, Lord, that when each of us lays on our deathbed, that we do not ever say the phrase, I hope I have done enough. Help us, Lord, to know we could never do enough. Help us on our deathbeds to be sure, God, that You have done it all. Help us to be sure that Christ has paid the price completely. And help us to rest in that Gospel truth. May this assurance sink deep, deep, deep into our hearts and our soul so that we have confidence more and more in You and less in ourselves. So that we're not up and down worried, oh no, I messed up, I did this. Help us, God, just to be sure of what You've done for us and to live confidently in this world as Your ambassador, as Your representative. We'll give You all the praise and glory for that, God. We look forward to seeing You face to face. May it be today. May you come back today. May this be the last day. We pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Matthew chapter 25, we're going to read part of this text here. And uh, we've read it quite a few times before, so I'm going to, I'm going to read it pretty quickly. And you can look on your, uh, your phone or on your Bible and uh, read along with me starting in verse 31. Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory... All the angels with Him. He will sit on His glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before Him and He'll separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on His right and He'll put the goats on His left. And then the king will say to those on His right, come you who are blessed by My Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. You invited me in. I needed clothes. You clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison. You came to visit me and the righteous will answer him. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? 
Thirsty, give you something to drink. When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Needing clothes, clothe you. When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. What a great text. What an encouraging, sobering text. When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I've never been hungry. I've never been hungry. I really haven't. And there are probably very few people in this room who've ever been hungry. I mean, I know your stomach growled, but you just had a Snickers an hour ago, so get over it, okay? Have a glass of water or something. None of us. That's not true. A few of you that perhaps are older or had circumstances in your life very different from most of us. Perhaps a very few of you have been hungry. Most all of us in this room don't know what it means to be hungry. But there are people around the world today that are hungry. There are people in this village today that are hungry. Now, I've, I've thought before, since we live in a retirement and a resort community, maybe we get a pass on this, you know? I mean, come on, there's no hungry people around here. I personally don't think that's true. We have a responsibility as children of the King to represent Him well by caring about things that He cares about. And He obviously cares about people who are hungry. Specifically, what I read in verse 40, the King will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did, whoever you fed, the least of these, brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. So I want to be very practical right here, and I want to talk about what can we do about hunger? What can we do? I'm going to give you a few very specific things. They're actually on your pew. If you pick up the piece of paper, there's some colored pieces of paper, and uh, there's also an envelope around on some of the pews that says KWO, so you might want to look at that as we go through this. It'll be on the screen if you don't find that piece of paper. First thing that we are doing at Gateway and that you personally, you can do is you can help feed hungry people in Kenya. We are feeding approximately 75 orphans two times a day, 365 days a year. And you can participate in that. You can do that this morning by putting a check in that envelope and it'll go specifically to feed those orphans. Or you can go on line on your phone uh, for people everybody that people that are younger than me you know I know you guys like to do that and and that's what Amy and I do for our for our giving is you can go to tithely.com and you can find gateway and you can contribute to the Kenya widows and orphans uh, ministry and that will go to feed orphans James chapter 1 verse 27 says it says this religion that our father accepts as pure is to feed and take care of widows and orphans and to keep oneself pure from the world. Feeding orphans and widows. You don't get any closer to pure religion than that. That's one thing you can do. And that's what Jesus said. Not what you think, not what you made a list of, not what you intended, but what did you do? This is one thing you can do. You can feed orphans. And widows. 
in Kenya. The second thing is, Wyatt, I didn't talk to Wyatt about this, but Wyatt feeds people in Mexico. Sometimes he takes down 200 pounds of rice or beans or both. And the cool thing is he hides them and he sneaks across the border with them. I just think that's cool. I, I don't know. I just like it. I, uh, it makes me feel like I know, it's, it's sort of like knowing somebody named James Bond. Oh, wait, there is a guy who goes to our church named James Bond right there. If you guys didn't know, we have a member at our church named James Bond. He's sitting on the front row here. But Wyatt, you seem more like James Bond to me by sneaking across the border with food. And, and you can participate in that. You can participate in that by going with Wyatt. Wyatt goes about every four to six weeks, approximately. He goes over to Juarez. And in the height of all of the violence and killing and terrible things that were happen, happening that never changed. Wyatt always just kept going. And he's still going. And others of us here have gone and are going with him at different times. You can do that. You can go and help feed people. Or you can let Wyatt know that you have some food that you want him to take down to Mexico. I don't know, I don't know if he'd take a casserole or not. Chicken enchilada casserole. He would take that. Okay. So you can do that. You can participate. And we have those cards out there as we're talking today. We're going to give you an opportunity at the very end to respond. If you think one of these is what I want to do, check it and write your name and your phone number on there so that Wyatt can call you. Okay. Uh, the next one is local. There are not only do we feed people far away, we feed people here Locally, and you might say, well, I don't know if people are necessarily all that hungry. Well, try coming down to Christian services sometime. Right, Dennis? That's not every day, but there are days when there are very hungry people who come through our door. Look around as you're buzzing quickly to Walmart, our favorite place to go, and look around on the streets. Right, Cody? Cody's our fire chief, and he sees this all the time on our streets. There are hungry people around. As an example, Paul and I, several months ago, I can't remember exactly, in the last six or nine months, for some reason we were going past Rudosa Downs. I don't even know what we were doing. But anyways, we're driving down there and we're going 50 miles an hour and we're past Rudosa Downs and a lady comes running out from behind a tree, and we find out later she was in the shade of the tree. She comes running out, not into the street, but right by the street, and she's waving and screaming and crying. And he and I both look at each other, and we said, I guess we better go see what's going on back there. And so we turn around and go back, pull in, and we find out she hadn't eaten in several days. And she had a story, and everybody's got stories and horrible things that had happened. She tells us the whole story. But the point is this, she hadn't eaten in several days. She was hungry, right? It was proven when we went back to town, got some food, brought it back to her because she didn't want to come to town. She wanted to get out of town. We brought it back to her and she was engulfing this stuff. She was hungry. There are people in our village, locally, here, look around, stop your car, pull over, ask what people need. If you do that, you will have done it unto Jesus. I just got this email yesterday, and I thought, well, okay, Lord, that's not an accident. Here's an email I got specifically that Lifeway, the, the place that we had the lady come and talk to us about 
uh, about helping women that are in uh, crisis, they're pregnant and they're not expecting to be pregnant and they're trying to figure out what to do. So Lifeway Ministries sent me an email and they said this, we need volunteers to help for the next six weeks. We need someone to cook a meal on Monday nights at 5 o'clock starting July 15th. That's tomorrow. Tomorrow at 5 o'clock, they need someone to cook a meal because they're having classes to teach women and men, moms and dads, young moms and dads who aren't a parent, how to be a parent. And they're having these teaching classes and they need a meal on Monday nights for the next six Mondays. Mondays at 5 o'clock. So if you were to write this number down, you could call Chelsea. And if you did that, and you cooked a meal, and you took it, you would be doing that unto Jesus. 315-2500, Chelsea. But it's not just off, you know, somewhere a long way away. It's not just locally as we drive around town. It's right here in this building. It's right here with our church family that we have opportunities to feed hungry people. And I have two people that I want to come and talk to you one at a time. And they are helping us right here at Gateway feed people. And so these are at Gateway, and the first one is the ministry leader for our Peak of the Week, and her name is Rhonda Vincent. I'd like for you guys to give her a huge Gateway welcome. Rhonda, come and talk to us. Tell us about Peak of the Week. Good morning, church family. Um, I'm Rhonda Vincent. I know many, many of you, and I, it's an honor to, to talk to you about the Peak of the Week meal. Let me just tell you, this was a ministry that was started many years ago, and actually, if I recall correctly, it was by our wonderful Gail Sportsman, who started this ministry for our community. And it started out to help single moms working through the week to come in and have a meal prepared for her and her family, and then to stay and worship with us. And I believe God has expanded that many other ways, that it's open to everyone in our community. And we do open our doors, and we welcome everyone to come in and eat with us on Wednesdays. Let me just give you some brief history of myself. When I started under Gail's um, leadership as the team uh, leaders for the Peak of the Week meal, I was started with Renee Parsons, and I started with um, Laura Mays. And the bond and relationships you build with your teams is it's, it's undescribable of how you become closer to God, you become closer to them. When Gail and Jimmy left, I was asked to help just lead this ministry, and that's all I do. I just organize it. That's it. And I love to do it. It's, it's a passion of mine. I've asked God many years, um, what is my gift? I don't, I don't know what my gift is. And I know we all have a gift. He promises he's given us a gift. What is that? And you can tell maybe by my family, we're, we are very healthy people, so maybe cooking is a gift that we have. So I like to cook. Um, I enjoy it. And if you haven't stood beside Dennis and Jackie Moore to cook a meal, or Billy and Roy Giles, or Connie and Noel Boley, 
You don't know what you're missing because those relationships that I have grown over the years mean more to me than anything else. I have a wonderful team that works with me now, Sarah Wetzel and Becky Watterson, and always Nana. Cannot leave out Nana. She ramrods us pretty good in the kitchen. But we have a great time with us three cooking. Let me just say that it's, it's a passion that I hope you would be interested in and wanting to do. You know, fear stops us a lot from doing things in our lives. And are you fearful of cooking for 100 people? Was it scary? Just a little bit. But if you want to know, this is the most forgiving church family ever. I can't tell you how many times I've probably scorched the chicken spaghetti or burned the cornbread or all my wild adventures of new desserts I want to try out. They're kind of my guinea pigs. I don't keep the same recipe all the time. I do things differently. But we do have team members who do cook the meals regularly that people love, the lasagnas, the chicken enchiladas from Miss Nell. But you can, you can do many things. And what I, I'm kind of here to ask, and I, I talked to John about, is if this is something you want to do, and it's on that piece of paper that is on the, the pews that John laid out, that I would love to visit with you and talk to you about having a team and being on, or on a team. And the reason being is, do you agree that there's a season for everything? And everyone has a time in their lives that it's good, it's good for them to be able to be a part of something. And we have had wonderful, wonderful cooking teams. You know, Geneva's cooking team, Nell's cooking team, Bree has a cooking team, Carrie Chavez and Lawrence Chavez have a cooking team. Um, Amy and John and, and their teams. I think we all can come together and say that we, and Bertha, how could I miss Bertha with our Indian tacos that we love very much? We have six teams right now, but there is a time and a season for everything. And there may be a time that somebody comes up and says, you know, I just, I can't do it anymore. And, and that's okay, because we all know that God will fill in those holes and he'll fill in the gaps for that. I just hope that you will consider Becoming on a team or being a team leader, it's not difficult. I know some of us do have jobs, but I also know John may elaborate on this, but, you know, they come in and they pre prepare on a Tuesday night. Their team comes and they meet and they do everything, you know, pre-planning and do it all, and all they do on Wednesdays is come in and throw it in the oven and be ready to serve. I, on the other hand, can start on a Wednesday morning and get my groceries and come in and start cooking. That's something I'm able to do. If I could do this every week, I would do it. That's how much I love serving the community and serving our church family. But unfortunately, I cannot do it every week. So the more we have, the, you know, we had eight teams. You could cook once every, you know, you cook four times out of the nine months that we cook. Four times. You could do that, and you could serve. And the gratification and how God humbles you and shows you, you know, the word servant and service and serving others in the Bible is mentioned over 1,100 times. That means something for God to call on you and tell you to be a servant and to serve others. You know, Christ didn't come on this earth to serve. He came to, to be served. He came to serve. So I think we have to remember that on Wednesdays. Whenever we have families that are busy and they're working and they're tired, we have plumbers, electricians, and you just want to come and enjoy a meal together and sit down and eat and sit around a table, and then you also want to be able to worship with each other. And so it's a great blessing that we do have. And I would just encourage you to call or find out or talk to John or write down on the paper because I would love for you to become a part of this ministry. We actually start August 20, excuse me, August 21st, which is coming up pretty quickly. And we're excited to get started back doing that.
So if you're interested, please contact me or contact John. I would love to talk with you and visit with you and let you know how we prepare, how we plan. And again, it's not about... Sometimes we're fearful of things and you, you're uncomfortable with things. And is it because people don't look like you or dress like you or talk like you? You know, the scriptures go on and John's talking about how he says, you know, I was hungry and I was thirsty. But he also said, I was welcome. Did we welcome somebody? Did we welcome them into our family? It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter if they're not dressed like me or look like me. They're hungry and they need a place to go or they just need to be around somebody. And that's what we want to do on Wednesday nights. And so it's a wonderful ministry that we are a part of. And I know that this church family believes in this ministry. And that's why it continues to go and grow. But again, there's always a season. And so I'm hoping that this might encourage you to become a part of this ministry and, uh, and spread the word. Because I do believe, just like John is saying, that what the word tells us is I, when God looks at me and says, what did you do, Rhonda? to further the kingdom and to better the kingdom. What did you do? And it's not my works, but it's what my gift could be to serve others. And so that's what my passion is to do. And I hope that this would encourage you to do the same. What do you guys think, Rhonda? It's awesome. I feel like, I, I feel like we've seen miraculous changes in people's lives through Peak of the Week ministry. And another ministry that is so important is more specifically to those of us right here in this room. Whenever you have a tragedy in your life, when you have a surgery in your life, when you have a car wreck, when you have some time in your life that is very, very difficult, and some brothers and sisters from this congregation show up and ring your doorbell and bring you a pecan pie. Amen? Or some food... What a blessing. What a blessing. And I would like for you guys, this is an important ministry, and Micah Woodle is the ministry leader for our meals here, and I'd like for you guys to give a big gateway welcome to Micah. She's going to talk to us about this ministry. Come on, Micah. Good morning. How are you all today? Good, good, good. Um, so a little history on this one. I took this over um, a few years ago when, when there was really no one to do it because our sweet Leela Mayo, who had been in charge of it forever, um, was in, in poor health and um, we needed someone to take it over. Of course, I work full time and you know do lots of those things, so I'm not able to keep um, the pulse on the entire congregation like uh, Leela was able to do. However, we didn't want this to go away because it's something that's very, very helpful for everyone. It could be that you've had a baby and you need some, some help around um, in fixing meals for yourself and the rest of your family. As John mentioned, it can be um, if you are sick, if you are ill, if you've had um, surgery, it just there's lots of life circumstances with, which makes it difficult um, for you as the person who cooks in your family or for your family to get the meals that they need. And especially if someone has been ill, um, has had surgery, those sorts of things, you need good food 
to heal. <laughs> you can't be starving and worried and stressed about everything and, and heal appropriately. So that's also something that we need to keep in mind. Um, when John mentioned that I could talk about this, um, I had, I've been having, for those of you who know me, for those of you who don't, you're gonna get a little story. Um, for the past year and a half, um, about a year and a half ago, I had a blood clot in my um, left subclavian artery, which is not a good place. And um, it, it was a sort of freak thing, and that's basically what we've come to, is that it really was. There's no other reason for me to have had it. I don't have any other issues. Everything that they um, tested me on came back just fine. But um, it went away to a certain extent, but I still wasn't really able to have good blood flow. and. Um, so just a couple of weeks ago, and many of you prayed for me through all of this, and I thank everyone for that very much because you've helped me to heal through those prayers through God. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I finally was able to get a stint put in. And so then I get a call saying, would you like a meal? And I almost said no. And uh, I don't know what I was thinking, but I almost said no. And um, for those of you who might say no, let me tell you about the blessings that came from that. On the day that I and my family received that meal, I have my two sons home from college and usually 27 of their best friends over. And um, on that particular day, I was able to go um, back to work and I was very behind because I'd been at doctor's appointments and doctor's appointments and then this happened and everything. And um, so that day I went into work and I was able to do a lot of catch up. But when I got home, I was exhausted. And cooking for everybody was not, even going out to dinner was just not an option. I was exhausted. And Nell comes knocking at my door, bringing me enchiladas. And, and hugs, Nell and Rex both, and hugs and love, and it boosted me in ways that I cannot even explain to you all. And it was more than just a blessing of feeding my stomach, it was really feeding my soul. And so that is what this particular mission is about. It's not just to feed your stomach, but to feed a body that may need to heal and to feed the souls of everyone who are helping to take care of that person, who are worried about that person. And um, so I do ask that for any of you who are going through anything, my phone number's on here, right next to uh, where it says the meal ministry. So you can call me, that's my cell phone number. But of course, most of you know who live here, you can find me at the pharmacy as well. And we would love, love, love to make meals for you. And if you have dietary issues, not a problem. <laughs> because that's just norm of today. So we ask those questions, we communicate those things to those who are um, cooking the meal and we get it together and we bring it to you. We've been praying for um, the sister of one of our members. Her name is Alicia Anala. She's also a good friend of mine. She's been through so, so much um, physically with her back. And I, um, just as friends, got a whole group of people together and we took her about a week and a half half's worth of food once she got home. She'd been in a hospital in Denver for three months. And um, it's, it's just so easy to do and we would love to do it. It's a blessing for those who are cooking and um, it's a blessing for those who are receiving the food. And if you've ever been someone who's helped, it's a blessing, you know, like um, P. 
people who've prayed for me, it's a blessing for me to be able to give something back to you. And, and others feel that way as well. So, thank you. What do you guys think, Micah? So if you get out of the hospital and you get a phone call, don't say no, say yes. And if you want to help with that, please fill out that card today. So Micah may know that you want to help, but she may not know. She may not know that you're willing to do that. Please write your name and your phone number down and check that if you want to be help, helping with that. There's plenty to do, and we're going to have in just a moment, we're going to have our contribution, which is an opportunity to give back to the Lord financially. But today, the main thing in our, in our contribution as we pass those in a little while is going to be those cards. For you to drop in your decision, this is what I'm going to do. Now, I have to finish today with an important shift as we finish our sermon. Because people everywhere, everywhere, including this room, are hungry. Spiritually hungry. Some people actually are starving spiritually. There may even be people who are here in worship today who spiritually are starving to death. Don't misunderstand me. Everyone is eating, eating something spiritually. But is it sustenance for the soul? Some people are eating cotton candy of consumerism. Some people are munching down on the M&Ms of materialism. Some people are swallowing the sugar cookies of sin. Can you guys remember all those? There is these insatiable desires inside of us, folks, for success and for recognition, and, and for more money. There's the temptation of lust and gossip and drunkenness. There's this endless need for the approval of other people, compliments from family members, and more followers on Instagram. There's this nonstop restless movement toward the next vacation. Another purchase online. The next upgrade to my car, my home, my lawn, my wardrobe, or my phone. Where is all this coming from inside of us? These things will never satisfy our true hunger. All those things I just listed, they'll never satisfy our true hunger. What true hunger? Well, this is what Augustine said. He said, Thou hast made us for Thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in Thee. Some of you that are starving are looking everywhere except in the one place that can satisfy. Paul said it this way, I consider all that stuff, everything, trash compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. C.S. Lewis said this, he said, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. And some of us have chased after all kinds of things trying to get filled up and we've realized it's not filling me up. None of it is. What will fill me up? This is what Revelation 22 says. The angel showed me the river of the water of life. As clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month and the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations 
This is what our hearts are longing for. When you grab that bottle of salt water sin and you start guzzling it down, that's not what you actually want. What you want is the river of life. What you want is the tree of life. I'm not trying to convince you that you want it. You do want it. It's what God has placed inside of your heart. You want the presence of God. And some of you may be sitting here today, just reality, just a real true thing in a, in a group this size. Some of you may be sitting here thinking, not so much. I'm really not that hungry for God. I'm not. I, I sort of don't care very much about what you're talking about. I'd actually like some more of that imitation you talked about. Some more money, or some more status, or some more success, or some more fun. And if that's you, deep down, maybe your spouse doesn't know, the people you're sitting with don't know that about you, but deep down it's true. It's going on inside of you. You're like, I really don't care that much about this. I'm going to give you two things that I'm going to suggest today that you do about that. And the most important one is this is that you pray, that you cry out to God. That you say, Lord, change my heart. I don't want to have this kind of heart. I don't want to have a heart that, that, that doesn't care about the tree of life and the river of life and your presence. I want a new heart, Lord. Awaken me from my sleep. Give me sight where I am blind. Give me life where I am dead. Lord, it's You. I'm praying and asking You to do this work in me that I obviously can't do in myself. And the second thing I'm encouraging you to do today is this. To start a new diet. If you kind of don't care that much about spiritual things, about the tree of life and the water of life and the presence of God, then try starting a new diet People who are unhealthy, who spend all their time eating Twinkies. Do they even make Twinkies anymore? Somebody told me they quit making them. Twink, I mean, they should. They should be illegal, actually. But Twinkies and, you know, you, you gobble down M&Ms. And, and, or maybe, maybe, you drink, maybe you drink alcohol too much. You know, the Scripture says don't get drunk. Maybe you drink too much alcohol. Maybe some of you, maybe some of you are, are, are just, your diet is just so unhealthy. And if, I'm talking physically, if that's you and you say, I'm going to turn over a new leaf physically, do you know what's going to happen? It's not going to taste very good when you start that new diet. When you eat carrots or lettuce. God forbid celery. Oh, why did he make that stuff? <laughs> Psalm 34, verse 88 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. That means you've got to grab something and taste it. You've got to get a new diet. Blessed is the one, it says, who takes refuge in him. Even though it won't taste good at first, if you begin what's going to happen is that your soul is going to begin to feel better than eating cotton candy and sugar cookies of golf and fishing and 
shopping and skiing and there's nothing wrong with that stuff but if that's what you think life is your soul is going to begin to get healthy if you actually will feed on the lord taste and see that he's good set aside some time every day this week to eat from his word every day start a new diet today go home and open your bible Set your alarm and say, tomorrow I'm going to stay on this diet. Tuesday, I'm on this diet. I am not getting off this diet. To taste His presence in solitude and silence and prayer. And slowly you'll begin to experience how good He is. How filling His presence is in our life. Let me invite the worship team to come on back up. We're going to finish. Let me invite the guys to go to the back that are going to take up our contribution because this is going to be our invitation today is the contribution baskets being passed. For you to put these cards in the contribution today saying, this is my response to God's Word. I will do these things. There's possible that somebody might need prayer today. If you indeed are a person who's struggling with what I talked about, you don't care very much, and you would like to have a shepherd pray over you, Paul is right at the back. Raise your hand, Paul. Kim is right here. Raise your hand, Kim. Kim's going to go to the back too. Dennis is right there. Dennis is going to come stand right in the middle right here. Wyatt's going to go stand over there. I'm going to go stand over here. And if you need prayer, we'll pray with you. But the main response is going to be on these cards. What will you do? What will you do? Because whatever you do, it will be unto Jesus. So, let's do it. Let's stand and let's sing this song and let's respond.